It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. On today's episode of The Door Report, we're joined by Ben Mintz from Barstool Sports to preview Vandy's series against Ole Miss this weekend. We discuss the loss of Gunnar Hoagland for the Rebs and dive into the one-two punch of Rocker and Lighter. Absolutely huge series coming up in Oxford this weekend, starting Friday night with Kumar Rocker and Doug Nikhazy going at it on the SEC Network. We've got all that and much more coming right up here on The Door Report. Powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Let's ride. You're listening to The Door Report, the premier Vanderbilt podcast for fans who believe black and gold. Commodore Nation. Anchor down. Welcome back into the Door Report. It is episode 84, rolling along here. We got a big one tonight. We are, as always, presented by Alaco Fine Wood Floors alongside Will Byram. I'm Billy Derek, per usual. And Will, we got a big weekend coming up. Vandy boys travel to Oxford to face another top 20 team. It's going to be a tough uh, matchup. Uh, no Gunnar Hoagland, their ace uh, on Friday night, but Vandy needs this one big time. They're, they're likely going to solidify. Uh, the, the top overall eight seed, but but if they can get this one, it, it would definitely be huge. Yeah, it would pretty much take Vanderbilt getting swept this weekend, I think, and and have a pretty big fall apart to not secure the top eight seed. I don't know. May, maybe if they dropped this one, um, dropped a couple in the series, but I don't see that happening. Gunnar Hoagland being out, that was what I was actually really looking forward to as a baseball fan was watching those two probably top yep. five arms battle it out. Um, and unfortunately, we're going to be robbed of that um, due Damn. to injury. Yeah, no, no gutter Hoagland Friday night, but they will move Doug Nikhazy, their number two guy, uh, into that spot. So it should be fun. Rocker and Nikhazy going at it uh, with the beer showers flowing. Hopefully we don't get too many of those. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we will touch on that, obviously. we got a big guest coming up later, Ben Mintz from Barstool. It was a great conversation. We'll get to that a little bit later. But we do have a couple notes to touch on, Will. Uh, yet another basketball transfer, Akeem Odesipe, uh hits the portal. He is the sixth player after last season to hit the portal. We'll touch on that a little bit. And there was another kind of surprising football commit. Dorian Gates uh, committed uh, today. Clark Lee tweeted a video out and uh, definitely got that rolling. So he is the seventh uh, commit, I'm pretty sure, in the 22-22 class. So we'll touch on that. Jack Leiter will pitch on Saturday. That's good news for Vandy fans. We're touching on it a little bit. Uh, throughout the week, will he pitch after the break against Alabama? He will, and, and that's that's definitely big news. Riley will go on Sunday. Before we get to breaking news, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at door underscore report and Instagram door dot report. Like us on Facebook, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Our podcast is available on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. And while you're at it, go give our podcast five stars and review on iTunes. It's now time for breaking news. Today's breaking news is brought to you by the Recycling Dudes. You may ask, who are the recycling dudes? Well, they're brothers Graydon and Chapman and their dad. Drew Smith, who is a Metro Nashville firefighter living in Westmead. The recycling dudes recognize the need for a service that would take glass to the recycling for busy homeowners who care about our environment. They pick up your glass, separate it, 
and take it to be recycled. They offer monthly service as well as one-time party pickup, starting as low as $10 per month. All you have to do is sign up on their website at RecyclingDudes.com. All right, Will, we got a big series coming up in Oxford this weekend. We'll touch on that a little bit later. Electric episode tonight. Definitely buckle up and stay in your seat for this one. Well, we got some news. Akeem Odesipe hits the portal. How much of an impact do you think this could be next year uh, for the Commodores? Obviously, he's the sixth guy, I believe. But uh, what's your take on Odesipe hitting the portal? Another one. Another one bites the <laughs> dust. It feels like at this point, I mean, it's every week somebody's transferring out of the basketball program. I think, uh, Billy, we might have to have a podcast where we'll make some flashcards and we'll run through them for the fans to learn the new roster because there's going to be not a lot of familiar faces on there, nope. um, especially Pippen still up in there. Uh, I don't know if if you're which direction you're leaning, Billy, but I'm thinking he's likely not coming back at this point. He got um, if he's testing the waters and he's still testing the waters. So um, I don't see this having much of an impact directly on the court. I think he looked at Liam Robbins transferring in, um, probably saw him being the starting center. Uh, he saw then in Lee Dort in the class of 2022 coming in. Um, and saw himself sliding even further down the depth chart, and this was a calculated decision by him. Um, I don't see this necessarily being one of the transfers that was a bad reflection on Jerry Stackhouse or staff or the state no. of the program. This was simply just looking at the roster, him looking, knowing that he can transfer one time without a penalty, and deciding that he wanted to actually see the court a little bit more than he was going to at Vanderbilt and at Vanderbilt, um, if you're going to be sitting the bench for a program, you might as well do it for one that's a traditionally winning program and or looks on that upward trajectory. And I don't think Odesipe saw that um, there with Jerry Stackhouse and the Commodores. Now, we'll see where he ends up. Uh, obviously, Evans went to TCU and, and a few other guys uh, landed up in decent spots. But Odesipe just wasn't really going to see a ton of playing time. He didn't see much last year. I think he saw more than he expected <laughs> he got thrown into fire yep. a few times uh former class of 2020 center he only played in 11 games uh, 0.5 points per game 1.2 rebounds four minutes a game and like i said he he's he's the sixth player from last year's team to transfer which uh, who knows if that's an indictment on Stackhouse. We, we've touched on I, it a little bit everybody's but, talking about that as a bad thing billy but i mean you're coming off uh, you know really piss poor three years of basketball in a row I don't know if it's a bad thing to say we're just cleaning house, starting with a new team, clean slate, and just move on forward from there. I, I think a lot of the players on that team probably felt that, and we're seeing that now. And I don't know if that's necessarily the worst thing uh, from a fan base perspective or from this coaching staff just coming in fresh, um, new, and, and kind of having new hope for the future, especially with that class of 2022. Exactly. Those guys are the two excitement, uh, exciting players to watch for, and they will provide the excitement uh, to Memorial Gym here in a couple of years. And Stackhouse is a player's coach. You know, he, he's not going to he's not going to force players to leave. He's not going to force them to stay. But you, know, you look at it, six guys transfer and you can look at it however you want. Um, I think I'm more you know, kind of in the middle. I, I, I do agree with you. Who, who knows uh, what this means for next year's team, but it'll definitely mean that there's a lot of inexperienced guys like last year. So uh, it'll be a whole lot different team mm -hmm. and we'll be talking a lot of basketball uh, leading into next season. But we do have another note uh, to touch on. This is on the football side of things. We have one player leaving a program, but we have another player being added to the football program. And we're seeing a lot of those types of additions, uh, the recruits where Seems like this is a Barton Simmons type of guy where Barton goes out there and yes, he was likely recruited by other coaches on Vandy's staff, but as a, as the general manager of Vanderbilt football, Barton Simmons seems to have his hand in a lot of these guys 
um, from what we're hearing. And, Will, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these three stars are eventually elevated to four stars uh, because the, the hashtag come get developed is what they're doing. They're, they're going to bring these guys in. They're going to develop them into the players that Coach Lee eventually wants them to be. And that, that seems like the mold. A lot of these guys, they have a good build already. And, and you're looking at their body types. Their, Linus Zunk is 6'6", 230. He's going to get a lot bigger, and he's going to be an athletic edge rusher. Same thing with um, Diakite, BJ Diakite. He's a guy that, you know, Vandy fans have already been comparing to Zach Cunningham. So the, the recruits that, that, Co- that Coach Lee will, will get in, the, in this class is a lot of those type of guys, high, high ceilings and versatile edge rushers, athletic D linemen. That seems who he's going after uh, in this class. And, it, and, you know, who knows how, how they'll pan out, but Langston Patterson, Diakite, and then uh, obviously Linus Zunk defensively, I think is a decent start for this class. Yeah, you you touched on it, a Barton Simmons guy. And when we had uh, him on the podcast here at the Door Report and uh, plug that in here, if you want to go back and listen to that podcast, it's yep. a great listen. Something that he said really stuck with me when it came to the recruiting philosophy of what Clarkley and the staff were looking for. And it was him immediately saying it wasn't looking at star ratings. Uh, at Vanderbilt, you're not coming in. You're not being judged based on how many five and four stars you bring in. That's just not... Um, what the fan base expects and that's not what the rest of the country or conference expects uh, you know to be frank so he said that the, and that's funny coming from him coming from being you know at 24 7 sports the, the that, that was kind of <laughs> ironic the there, but, yeah he said he was they're looking to identify a certain type of skills and or body types that are nfl level talents mm-hmm. um, and things that will push players forward into moving on to that next level once they leave vanderbilt because he said something um, that's very, very true. That was the one thing that probably I think Derek Mason and his staff and the marketing efforts failed at Vanderbilt, which was you're not going to win bringing in guys that are there for the education. And that is what it is for better or for worse. That can be a contributing factor into the guy's decision that they're right. thinking, you know, if football doesn't work out, I've got this degree to fall back on. That's a pretty hell of a good fallback. Um, but identifying this NFL talent is what's going to lead to winning in the SEC. And the more NFL talented level players you have, the more wins you're going to put up in this conference. Um, and so this seems like a guy that's 6'4", 200 pounds um, coming into this class. So he's already mm-hmm. got the build. Um, when I was reading in and watching watching some of that film, like you said, kind of under the radar, and it looks like he's going to be playing kind of that standing up outside defensive end. Yep. Um, and that's, you know, stereotypical size of what you want, like Linus Zunk. And before, when he committed to Vanderbilt, he was a, a no-star, um, similar to <laughs> Dorian Gates. And then uh, mm-hmm. once he committed and that film kind of got out there, he's been bumped up to a three-star, top 1,000 player nationally. So I think a lot of these guys in this class that are starting out like that are going to get attention just because of Barton's, who Barton Simmons is. Um, and him attaching his name and bringing in a guy offering a scholarship to him puts some weight behind that player and justifies some of the, you know, some of the things that we're seeing on film from these guys that are not necessarily touted when it comes to the 24-7 sports rankings or composite rankings or rivals or, or what have you. Yeah, and this is a new age of recruiting. I mean, Barton Simmons, he talked about it in both interviews we had him on. We touched mm-hmm. on it a lot. And Vanderbilt right now, 10th in the SEC, 28th in the country uh, for the 2022 class. Not a bad start. Just kind of running through a little bit. Langston Patterson out of CPA here in Nashville. He's the, he's the top guy in the class. 
BJ Diakite out of Pinson Valley, Alabama. We talked about him potentially being the next Zach Cunningham. Drew Dickey, they got a quarterback out of Texas, uh, hopefully trying to, to reenact a little bit of what Ken Seals did. Linus Zunk, a guy who no one really knew about coming out of Georgia, uh, Raven Gap High School. Uh, so these guys, we talked about it, Will, they're the guys that Clark Lee is hoping to develop into the player he wants them to be and, and and that's been it's been clear it's been a clear strategy and we we have been recognizing it uh, Cole Spence obviously the tight end it has a lot of potential out of Alpharetta Georgia then Alex Willens also they stag, snagged him out of Florida so this is this is a new normal for recruiting especially at Vanderbilt and and uh, you know we'll see how how it fans out uh, especially for the football team but rolling on here Will let's talk Ole Miss Vandy Top 20 matchup in Oxford, Mississippi. Swayze Field is the site. Game one, Friday night, 6 o'clock, first pitch on the SEC Network. So another nationally televised game for Vandy. Dave Neal and Kyle, Kyle Peterson on the call. Jack Leiter will pitch on Saturday. Uh, so <laughs> a little bit of a sigh of relief. Big sigh uh, of relief for, here. For Vandy fans, hoping uh, all week he was going to pitch after his break uh, last weekend against Alabama. And I expect a big performance. I really do. I mean, he got the break he needed. And it's time for him to to light it up. Uh, no pun intended. That'll be on SEC Network Plus. And then Sunday. That uh, was Pat- awful. <laughs> that was terrible. Uh, I'll, I'll try to be better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Riley will go on Sunday, 2 o'clock first pitch there, SEC Network. Uh, will, Patrick Riley, it could be up to him. You know, say Ole Miss takes game two, Vandy takes game one. Could be up to him. And he pitched well against Alabama. He, he's gotten a little bit more experience. So, I think a lot of us knew Leiter was going to end up pitching Saturday, and I think it was a little bit of a strategic move from Corbin, but now it's out, and Ole Miss knows, so does everyone else. Uh, and, and for Leiter, Leiter, huge opportunity for him, but I think an even bigger opportunity for Riley on Sunday because we talked about it with Ben Mintz. Those Sunday games are, li- are a lot of times the, the game, the, game this, the series decider, and we're going to have to see. It's going to be fun, uh, though, this weekend at Swayze, and hopefully uh, Vandy can limit the beer showers, huh? Eliminating the beer showers would definitely be nice. And Rocker and Light are going to have to have different performances than we've seen out of them in recent weeks if, if we're going to avoid the, the beer showers there in Oxford. Um, but I think that going into this game, and I actually forgot, Billy, when I was talking about that they were you know pretty much locked up a top eight seed there, that uh, this was not the last series of the year. I don't know no. why my brain Kentucky has been all messed up, up on the schedule. Got Kentucky and FIU left, so I was skipping way ahead. <laughs> um, but I'll be watching the pitching, um, more than I, I don't even know if I'll, I'll really keep up with, with the other side of it. Cause I'm mostly concerned about seeing rocker and lighter and Riley come out and give consistent pitching performances, hit the strike zone, don't walk batters and rocker really needs to come out and doesn't need to have two in a row. Um, like he did last no. week, because it, that was a very confusing pitching performance. Um, giving up six earned runs and striking out 13 and six innings pitch, five innings pitch, six innings pitch. So uh, looking for consistency, like we say each and every week, we seem to keep hitting on key words, whether it's football, basketball or baseball. And consistency um, seems to be our $10 million word here uh, during baseball <laughs> season. Big word. Way to use a big yep. word right there, Will. Our vocab- <laughs> Better than your lighted up pun. <laughs> Our vocab is, uh, is, is on point today, but yeah, well, I, I think you hit on it there um, a little bit with, with, um, with, with Riley. I mean, 
if he's able to, to pitch like he did against Alabama and, and continue that, the Vandy wins a series. Riley, a lot of times, is, is the guy, you know, for Vandy to, to look forward to, to have a big day. Uh, so, again, we'll, we'll, look, we'll, we'll look forward to, to Riley having a big day, especially, and, I mean, Jack Leiter, how much fun is he going uh, to be, be able to watch Saturday? So, game one. Six o'clock first pitch Friday night in Oxford. Huge series for both teams. Vandy, huge advantage, obviously, with Gunnar Hoagland out, their ace. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. We'll see. We got Ben Mintz coming right up from Barstool Sports. It was a huge get for us. We, it's our second guy from Barstool. Well, we got we had Big T on, uh, a buddy of yours, to talk uh, Tennessee Vandy football. And there's no better guy to preview a top 20 SEC series, especially with Vandy traveling to Ole Miss and Ben Mintz. So, uh, you know, definitely Vandy fans uh, will want to listen to this. Yeah, starting uh, a little barstool, the door report connection here. I think we can keep that going. That would yeah, be, uh, that would be definitely nice. Um, but, you know, I'll be listening to this one. I haven't heard any of it yet. You recorded this with Ben. Yes. Um, so I'll be listening just like everyone else. And I'm looking forward to hearing some uh, in-depth breakdown of this series and, and uh, apparently talk a little uh, SEC baseball as a whole. Um, yep. So I'll be looking forward to hearing that gearing on up for the SEC tournament. Yeah, shocker. We talk SEC baseball uh, with Ben yeah. Metz. So, uh, shocking. He, Very shocking. He, he's the SEC baseball guy at Barstool. Stay tuned. We got Ben Mintz from Barstool Sports coming right up here on the Door Report, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floor. Before we get to the interview with Ben Mintz from Barstool Sports, it's time to send it over to Gary Scales for a few words on our presenting sponsor, Alaco Fine Wood Floors. No matter what style you're going for, you can trust your flowing job to Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Take a walk through the woods in your home every day. Get your flooring job started today by calling 615-356-0303. Alaco Fine Wood Floors. Craftsmanship you can stand on. Welcome back into the Door Report. Will Byram unable to join us here for this segment, but we have a special guest here with us live, Ben Mintz from Barstool Sports. They call him Mincy. He's uh, Barstool Mincy on Twitter. He's, uh, he's, he's their college baseball guy at Barstool, and, and we're glad to, to have him on to preview the, the Vandy Ole Miss series this weekend. Ben, uh, it, it's a pleasure to have you on. I know you're not going to be in Swayze this weekend, but uh, it should be a fun series, just like you know, any time these two teams get together. It uh, should be fun, and I know that you know the students are going to be ready for it this weekend too. Yeah. Oh, man, this is going to be an awesome weekend at Swayze. It's been a tough week. For Ole Miss yeah. baseball, as I'm sure we'll get to, Ole Miss completely, I mean, blew game three in College Station last weekend. I mean, it was gut-wrenching. It was <laughs> just like I'm still sick about it five days later. <laughs> and the news that Gunnar Hogland, uh, who's going to be top 15, top 20 pick, has a torn UCL and going to need Tommy John surgery. Kind of these two things back-to-back, I uh, feel like the Rebels are reeling a little bit coming into this. But, yeah. Uh, that killer. It's lazy, though. No doubt about it. We'll touch on that. We'll touch on Hoagland a little bit. And I want to start there, actually. I mean, it's got to be a tough blow for, for Ole Miss. We were, we were talking about it on our episode Tuesday night, and we were basically comparing it to if we lost Rocker. If Andy lost Rocker, that's kind of how Ole Miss is feeling right now and, and their players, their fans. So how big of a loss do you see this being? And, and how much do you think this, this could impact the team and, and kind of, you know, their momentum? Because, you, you know, you mentioned they're kind of reeling right now. Yeah, no, this is a – I mean, it's a gutting loss. I mean, you lose your, your front-line Friday night guy. It's going to be a top-15 pick. And right as you said, I mean, Ole Miss has lost to be five. Yeah, it's five of the last six SEC series. And so, 
it's a rough combo. And then All-American Tim Elko is pinch hitting now some. You know, he tore his ACL a month ago, and they also lost one of the top relievers uh, before the season. And so it's kind of one of those things. I mean, you don't want to make excuses about injuries. Everybody's got this time of year. But it hit some big guys on the Rebels roster. And, you know, the pitching staff depth, uh, Doug McKenzie is an awesome starter. We'll be seeing him on Friday night. But behind that, uh, depth isn't necessarily the best right now for the staff. So it's going to be tough, especially against the Vandy Bats. Yeah, the Bats of Vandy are, you know, they, they played a little bit, um, you know, kind of lazy on Tuesday night. And, and, you know, Vandy was reeling. Now they got three in a row under their belt after the Alabama series last weekend. And, and momentum's a huge thing in every sport. But I feel like college baseball, I mean, it's got to be a team's either best friend or, or worst nightmare, especially this time of year. You talk about it with Ole Miss. In terms of their momentum, you know, if they can get this win against Vandy, how much will that help them? And then maybe a loss. How much do you think that might hurt their region? They're hosting a regional or, um, you know, chances. Or, you know, they could be solidified. Who knows right now? Man, they need to close strong. When you talk about losing five of the last six SEC series, uh, you got a chance. I think for Ole Miss to, to host the regional right now, they're 14 and 10. I mean, I think you, you need to win two out of three both the next two weekends at home against an, at home against Bandy and at Georgia. Uh, I think you've got to go four and two probably to host a regional. And, you know, that's going to be awful, awful tough. Uh, one thing I thought was really interesting about the series was McKay's pitched on Saturdays all year. Right. They've won on every Saturday. Ole Miss's record on Saturday when he pitches is phenomenal. I was surprised that Bianco moved McKay to Friday against Rocker. With the, with the questions, nobody knows what's going on with Leiter right now. Well, and actually, just, Ben, breaking news, Vandy actually tweeted out tonight, Leiter will go game two. And oh, wow, okay. Him. He's going yeah. Saturday. So, wow, yeah. that's going to be Leiter against the – Leiter on Saturday. Yeah. Ooh, man. Okay, I didn't realize he was going to <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it just it just broke tonight. They put it on their Twitter. So, um, you know, that, that's probably definitely a difference, for especially for the Rebels bat and their approaches, I guess, on Saturday. Yeah, well, it's uh, it puts a lot of pressure on the Casey and winning Friday night. That's for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, a few more rocker, but I'm happy for Leiter. I mean, he's having such a spectacular season. I know he had a couple of rough starts in a row. I, I didn't blame Bandy for being cautious with him, especially nah. heading into the season. I mean, they're, they're already locked into a top eight anyway. So, you know, good for him. I'm glad to hear Leiter's back healthy. I mean, it's uh, he's one of the most exciting pitchers to watch. I can remember in the last decade. Yeah, Jack, I mean, he, he, he definitely started hot through the no-hitter against South Carolina, you know, ended up beating uh, Mississippi State as well, struggled in Knoxville at Tennessee, a great environment, and we'll see how he does in Oxford. But why do you think, we, you know, we've asked a lot of an- analysts and experts about, you know, maybe his struggles. He's, he's a young guy. Corbin talked about it, how Sonny Gray went through the same stuff. So did David Price. So do you think that was just, you know, kind of him being starting to get figured out a little bit by, by the SEC bats? Because, I mean, these are the best bats in the country, and you really can't blame the kid for, for the for yeah, – I mean, bit. I think everybody has a two or three. I mean, in baseball, that's the thing about baseball. It's such a long-run sport. I mean, everybody has a bad two or three-game stretch. Yeah. I don't read anything more into it than that. I think he's an unbelievable talent. And, you know, I mean, everybody has goes through a rough stretch in baseball. So, I, I don't know. I, I'm not discounting anything to tell me. I mean, yeah, he's well, a real – and Corbin has talked about it too. He'll bounce back, and you know he, he's the type of guy that that wants to be able to you know get a second chance at it, and he will. He will game two in Oxford in a in a great environment. I want to ask you just about that environment. You've been there 
Ole Miss grad, and and this is kind of, I think Ole Miss, you know, they take pride in this atmosphere, and it's, it's unlike any other in the country with the beer shower. And uh, how much of an impact do you think that will have on this series and, and, and might play in that? Because Vandy is a team that Rocker definitely loves playing in these environments, but a lot of the younger guys and their bats, they, sometimes they, you know, you'll see younger guys that get flustered a little bit. So, so how much do you think that that could play in with those students? I mean, I think, like you said, when you got guys like Rocker and Leiter, they're going to love it. It's going to fire yeah. them up. You can play in a big-time environment. Um, I mean, I, I don't know. I think it definitely helps Ole Miss. Ole Miss is certainly a better team at home. Uh, I, I think the atmosphere should be good. Uh, I know graduation was the last couple of weeks, but, I mean, I know it'll still be pretty packed for this, even, even with that. Uh, yeah. I, I was actually a member of a left field tailgate since 2014 out there. Man, we do it so – I mean, we had like I was out there for the LSU series. We had crawfish and gumbo. And, oh man! You know, grill like burgers and sausage. Everybody just does it right. It's a great family atmosphere in left field. A lot of the younger old Miss alumni in the right field uh, talks to the crazy uh, beer shows and stuff. How would you compare either side? I mean, you, you just touched on it a little bit there, but the left side definitely seems. I don't know if they want beer all over them uh, in left no, field. No, the left side's not near as wild. It's more family oriented. I mean, it's a lot of younger alumni, right? Right field is its own deal. It gets super wild over there. So how did that start? How did that originate? And and was that something random? Some guy just threw it up in the air and some students liked it? Or do you remember well, how? Man, it was, it was weird. Was, I was at Ole Miss like back in 01. And like, man, there were, before Bianco got there, I mean, you, they were showing you 500 or 1,000 people out there. All this has come over the last 15 or 20 years. And it was, it was a lot of fun as they were building it like 03 and 05. But to see where it is now. How big you know the stadium is, and the fact that you're talking about drawing thirty thousand or more people over three games. I mean, it's a phenomenal thing. And to me, uh, left field at Ole Miss is almost my favorite thing. Uh, almost, I enjoy it more than I even enjoy the Grove. Now, yeah, I know. I mean, the Grove best tailgating atmosphere in the country. I think a lot of people agree with that. But Starkville has quite the. I mean, the just the sheer numbers of people back there. It seems like they're more evened out of, you know, whoever wants to go back there can go back there and just kind of roam wherever. How did those two compare? I know you were in Starkville a few oh, weeks man, ago. Oh, man, Starkville, that ballpark is the nicest I've seen. I couldn't believe Insane. how nice that was. Uh, just the sight lines, the architecture and everything, it blew me away. Uh, had a, That was a great atmosphere as well. Super rowdy. I mean, I love how hard Mississippi goes for college baseball. I think it's great. State certain right now they're playing right now playing Missouri but uh, top three in the country another great program Chris Lamonis is doing a phenomenal job keeping that thing going yeah no doubt I want to go a little bit into Vandy right now and, and you talked about Rocker and Lighter a little bit and obviously with Light, Lighter struggles he's still going to be a top five pick maybe they could go one two uh, in the draft the first time ever I know there's a one three um, b- before but do you think they're the best one two punch in the history of college baseball and, and because a lot of people are saying they are already, but the season's not quite over yet. So would you say they are? Well, the already? one I, the one that comes to my mind in college baseball is Trevor Bauer and Garrett Cole, the right. 2018 UCLA team that hit like 220 and won the national championship. <laughs> I remember that Omaha year; every game was 1-0 or 2-1. I mean, literally, they 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 like averaged like three runs a game, and they still won. <laughs> that's how dominant they were. And so, I mean, I, I think Rocker and Lighter make it past them but they have to win the national championship to do it yeah it, i think i agree i think with the net if you get the national title because because of the bats you, you can't really la, la, a couple years ago 2019 vandy's bats won it you know you had rocker there too but the bats won it for them now we're gonna have to see if vandy's 
arms can win it. And, and after game three, after game two, it's kind of up in the air. The Vandy's thrown out Patrick Riley. They've thrown out. Yeah, Chris Riley Riddle. pitched good last week, though. He had the seven inning outing. He I saw he had a good Saturday effort against Alabama. Bama could hit a little bit. So that had to be encouraging. It was no, it was. And Riley's a younger kid, and and that's the thing with this Vandy team. They're they're just so young. And and how much I've asked this question too. How far do you think their young talent could take them? Because say Rocker struggles a little bit in, in game one, and then Lighter might not have it. You know, I don't know how much you've looked at their bats, and you got guys like Bradfield. And no, Carter Bradfield is an instigator at the top. I've seen yeah. him. I've seen him causing problems for more than a minute. He's he's insane. I mean, he's every coach's dream. It seems like on the base pass, and he he gets a first. He'll be at third in about five seconds. So that that's just how good he is. But for Ole Miss, uh, let's dive into their bats a little bit. You know, Vandy fans are, are pretty familiar with um, you know with the atmosphere there, and they're familiar with with how their own team is. But in terms of the bats at Ole Miss, what's their potential, and 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 what do they have to do this weekend to? to well, win? the thing with Ole Miss is they lead the SEC in hits, and they have a deep lineup, even despite losing Tim Elko, which. It's just still so unfortunate to lose your All-American senior. And he's, I know he's pinch hitting and playing some role, but, uh-huh. I mean, he he, the, he was the best hitter in the country in March, and that was just a crippling blow. But they've got some young guys that uh, that have shown a lot of depth in the order. And the thing with this order is it goes 7-8 deep. And so yeah. I'm really I'm really still impressed. I, I think this team could certainly hit. And, you know, uh, Kevin Graham has been a 3-0 hitter. He's been solid, solid run producer. But all kinds of young guys hit well. He, T.J. McCants and Peyton Titania, and man, they're they're pretty solid. The depth the depth is there. Obviously, I hate the uh, the hate the Elko injury. Also, yeah. hate Gunhurst. The catcher is really good too. The freshman. Okay. But so I mean, overall, the lineup depth isn't the problem with this team. It's the uh, the bullpen depth has been a huge issue, and then also behind Hoglin, well now no more Hoglin behind Hoglin and Casey, the starter depth has been a problem, and so. You know, I don't really uh, – the lineup's not the issue. They, they've struggled some of the field, though. Yeah, so no Hogland, but Nikhazy, you mentioned, is going to go Friday night. Doug is uh, is a guy that has had big performances this year, and, you know, you know it being an Ole Miss fan. What can we expect from him, especially moving to a Friday night? How much do you think that might, ex- you know, impact him? And, and you know, for, for him, if he's able to get that win, do you think he stays there? And, and what, you know, what can we expect from him uh, tomorrow night? The thing you can expect from him is Moxie. The dude's got guts, man. He's one of those lefties. He's not, you know, he he's just not. He challenges hitters all the time. The grinder. Know, I, lo- I love his just uh, his attitude's phenomenal. And uh, I got to see in Starkville, he threw a complete game one hitter with 12 Ks in Starkville, right. which I thought was, you know, one of the best two or three Ole Miss pitching uh, performances I've ever seen in my 20 years of going to games there. Uh, one of the other ones that comes to mind is when Drew Pomerantz struck out 16 on like two days rest Damn. in 09 uh, regional final. But that's how good that effort was uh, by Nikhazy. And the Ole Miss has lost a ton of Friday night games this year, and they've won almost all their Saturdays on bounce back. So he's pitched with a ton of pressure all year. He's been good since his freshman year. I mean, I'm a huge fan. And, you know, he's got to pitch a hell of a game against Rocker on Friday. I'm not surprised that Ole Miss is, you know, he's he's a Friday night level stud. So yeah, yeah, it's I gonna got, be fun. Yeah, yeah it's, gonna I, be all, it's gonna be a lot of fun. I bet you let Brandon Walker know about it after Friday night uh, when the Casey shut down uh, the Bulldogs, didn't you? A little bit, yeah, man. That was a fun trip over there to start with that college. Was base. he there? Their, their fans got into it with me a little bit Sunday too. <laughs> That's the thing about you traveling. I mean, that's really cool. And I'm sure, you know, the Ole Miss fan base has kind of latched onto you like they have Brandon. You know, it was a great idea 
Dave Portnoy is is a genius with that and to bring you on. Um, how fun is that? And and what's that like being? You know, are you still able to be as energetic and, and as as passionate as a fan as as you've always have been, or is there a little bit? Oh of- man, yeah. I just think with barstool. That's the beauty of it. Is I mean, I just go in there and I'm myself every day. You know, that's. I mean, I'm always I've always been a fiery, energetic guy. That's kind of always been my thing. I'm a big believer in positive energy, and you know, barstool. It's so much different than being in other, you know, media companies. Anyway, shut that off. And, uh, Is that Brandon but, calling uh, you? Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on. Phone's ringing here. Hang on. <laughs> all, right, all, right, all right, we're good now. Here we um, go. Here we go. But yeah, but uh, but basically, you know, I got hired off that. Vi- I had a video go viral of me going nuts with Ole Miss beat Kentucky in overtime. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I got hired off being fiery energetic. So, damn right, I go in there and get after it every day. You know, that's what, what I'm there for. And uh, I, I like that Walker and I are both lucky is, you know, we're kind of two of the only big SEC guys right. we have. And so, it's you know, we got the whole Southeast to go after. I'm trying to really work on building our South SEC presence. And, you know, I, I get an incredible amount of support from Ole Miss fans. It's been, been, uh, been really kind of overwhelming in the best possible way. I uh, got to give Walker some credit for that. Because he was so hated by our fans that I walked into a dream. <laughs> yeah, for you to step in, I, I thought it was incredible how Lane Kiffin and the football team kind of took you into their wings, and they they had you do the voiceover uh, for their for their hype video for the bowl game. I mean, that was that was special, and that to, to be able to have that, I mean, that's got to be something you look at it like, damn, you know. I, yeah, I'm, man, I, I'm it's it's like all I, it's yeah. all really surreal. I got to say, one thing I have done is I have a great relationship with the old this athletic department. And, uh, you know, they, they know I'm, I'm very proud to represent all this on a national level, and I take it seriously. And so they trust me and, you know, allow me to have access to their coaches and know, and know that I'll be respectful and do a good job. Yeah, and SEC baseball is something that definitely has grown, and 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 a lot of a lot of fans, you know, really love showing up and and you know supporting their teams. I know Tennessee is a team that has grown a lot. They're going to have 100 percent capacity uh, for Arkansas this weekend. That should be that might be the best series of the weekend. But oh, it is uh, definitely it's yeah. definitely the best series of the weekend. And, you know, Tennessee, what a story there. I mean, in the top four now in the country, and Tony Vitale, you know, came was formerly Arkansas's top assistant. Right. You know, came from Van Horn, and there's all, all kinds of rumors that if he Van Horn ever retired, he'd go back to Arkansas. <laughs> this is a spectacular matchup. I expect a lot of runs to be scored. Both these teams can hit the crap out of the ball. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm excited just to see. It's great for SEC baseball to see what's building in Knoxville. And right now they only can see like 5,000 people. Yeah. I expect to see with their resources and fan support. Uh, I, I expect them to really pour some money into their stadium upgrades. And, no doubt. You know, whatever they got to do to try to keep Vitala. But, uh, and I think that's going to be a lot of fun for the SEC. Yeah, there's nothing really in the outfield at Lindsey Nelson. So, I, I know Tennessee fans, if they if they were able to move their students out there, that would be huge for them. And I know Peyton Manning's throwing out the first pitch uh, Friday night, so that will be fun for them. And uh, talk, Talking about fan atmospheres and, and kind of fan, you know, allegiances, Mississippi State comes to mind with the cowbells and – but Vandy's Whistler has kind of stepped onto the stage oh, as. <laughs> oh man! What what is is he is he as hated by the Ole Miss fans as a lot of other? Yeah, uh, I mean he's not. He, yeah, I mean he's not well liked, man. I mean, there's no there's no denying. I don't. I guess if you're like a Vandy player, he's always there, so you just tune it out and get used to it. Right. 
Yeah, a lot know. of a lot of them it's, it's just tough. Natural. It gets. I'll, I'll be honest, man. He really tilts the hell out of me. <laughs> well, the thing is, he started by himself, and at first, it was it was really just him and you know, a few of his other buddies just kind of clapping, you know, clapping back at the whistle because uh, because you usually give uh, a few claps after the whistle, and Vandy fans and at the Hawk have taken over. You know, whenever they get a two strike count and a big pitch, that's what they're doing. I think Vandy fans love it. It's kind of it's what they've been waiting for. This type of you know, new energy. So for Vandy, this is not, not something you see, especially, I mean, you don't see it in football and, and basketball. They got a great atmosphere there, but um, for them, is it, do you think it's something that Vandy fans, they just, Oh, it's unique. Is- no, I love it for Vandy. It's great. It's something that's unique. It stands out. Uh, I mean, I just, you know, like I said, I mean, if it, if it was my team doing that stuff, I'd probably enjoy it. But that, that's the point. It works. It gets, it gets under people's skin. I mean, no, I know. like just thinking about it, I'm getting edgy. <laughs> it definitely upsets also, me. I, gotta say you, uh, my, I have some Vandy ties. My mom went to Vandy undergrad, actually. Oh, there you go. There uh, you yeah, go. so I've, I've gone up to Vandy and I've hung out in Nashville a good bit. So I'm not, I'm not Vandy means Vandy hater. Yeah, I mean Mississippi State, I think has has become kind of the hatred for Vandy because uh, it started in the Baseball super robbery. regional. Oh yeah, it started in the super regional. Uh, the atmosphere there at the Hulk was insane, and, and Mississippi State fans kind of took over a little bit. It was half and half because uh, that stadium barely seats four thousand as well. But it's I think a lot of people compare it to Wrigley, just kind of the cozy atmosphere. Uh, but there's there's chances for more seating. A lot of Vandy fans want seating above that uh, above that monster in, in left field would be cool and. And and even you know a more a, uh, renovated suite uh, where the where the football stadium kind of overlays it. So um, I guess what what I what I want to ask is how much does an atmosphere play in? I know we talked about it with Ole Miss, but do you think that would be much of an advantage for Vanderbilt for them to you know improve the atmosphere because it's, yeah, it's not sure. necessarily I mean, the, the point of this? Yeah, I mean I would love to see them put more money into it. I mean you got to look at you've got what one of the absolute top programs in the country. What Corbin's built for. I mean, a minute now in multiple <laughs> national championships. Of course, I want to see them get built or build and build their stadium. Why not? Yeah, well, it, it goes to college baseball. Why do you think it doesn't have it? It doesn't get as much publicity. Obviously, it, it. I think it's on that that lower that second tier behind football and basketball. With you know, with softball and and even, I mean, you know, hell, a lot of people are starting to watch lacrosse now and even soccer. So. What do you think it'll take for baseball to, to take that next step, especially at the well, SEC level? I, I'll tell you one thing that'll help is when, when the, the legalized sports gambling is going around the country and they start uh, start betting baseball. on college baseball. Yeah, uh, when you can start cool. betting on these SEC series, you know, legally, of course. You know, whenever <laughs> the bar, you know, I'm hoping like the bar, maybe next year, hopefully the bar for the sports book will get around. Oh, we got to uh, get that going. But yeah, but that, I think that'll help grow at a ton, you know, to be honest. I mean, that's the, yeah. look at how big. Well, let's so let's that, put it. That's let, something I got my mind on. Let's put it into play right now this weekend. Uh, what do you think the line? Oh man, I have to look at Vandy's going to be favorite in all these games, even the, even Friday. Probably not a huge favorite Friday, but they're definitely a big favorite on Saturday with lighter. And they'd so, be yeah. putting your money on. Yeah, I'd say Vandy, Vandy's probably you know, be favorite in all. I think Saturday would be the biggest line though, uh, lighter pitching against. But I guess Ole Miss is. I guess going with Diamond. They're going with Diamond on Saturday. Yeah, I know. I know you were a big poker player, but were you as good of a gambler uh, as you were? And and have you? Does that correlate? You think the the, the luck factor and, and kind of the taking chances, or, or is that? Or do you think those are to, two totally different? Uh, Man, I guess, poker, I, what I always say, I can play poker at a really really high level. I'll fire high stakes poker. I've done well in the World Series main event multiple times. I mean, I had a great crew that 
I'll fire way higher in poker than a little sports gambling. <laughs> sports yeah. gambling, like I'd say I know more than most about betting football. You know, I, I pay attention to college baseball, so I'd love for it to have lines. But by no means would I fire. Like, I, you know, I feel like I, I enjoy doing it recreationally and responsibly. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I definitely think I know more than most. But I couldn't – I would never tell anybody I can make a living sports betting how up and down it is. Now, playing poker – I definitely believe. Yeah, that. yeah, definitely would. And and poker, I mean, you started that at Ole Miss, right, while you were in college? Yeah, I got into it in the frat house. So I was an ATO at Ole Miss playing $5 games. Then I started playing up in Tunica, Mississippi, and then online. And I just got real, real, real hooked into it. And then, uh, like, about two – I blew up about two years in. I started doing really, really well. And, 75th uh, that's in the world. That's all I did from 2006 to 2014 was play so, poker. And I was – I lived in NOLA for five years doing it. Right. Uh, kind of, anyway, man, it's a lot, yeah, wild, it's a wild, wild story. That's for sure. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, we ended up back in school when I'm 31 at Ole Miss and then <laughs> got into sports radio uh, out of that. And was in, I, you know, I was four years in Shreveport at a three-hour drive time show in North Louisiana. And then I was working for ESPN Baton Rouge, the LSU flagship, when I got hired by Barstool. Yeah, and it, it, especially college baseball. I mean, betting would would definitely grow it. But another thing that would that would would grow likely is, like you said, improved atmospheres. But people care. You know, SEC teams care. Unless you, oh, they, for sure. No, and the thing out. too is, you got to look at uh, just like okay, Louisiana, no pro baseball team. Arkansas, mm-hmm. no pro baseball team. Mississippi. You know, I think it would be awesome if Nashville eventually gets one. But yeah, hopefully, team. But you look at these states. Well, when you don't have a pro team, University of Arkansas, LSU, State, Ole Miss, those are like – that's what everybody cares about, states, you know, because they're in the pro team. So, I think that's a big part of that dynamic. Yeah, and, and uh, Vanderbilt, you know, they've always kind of – they've been there, and base, Vandy fans uh, in Nashville definitely look forward to baseball season. But um, comparatively, you know, say, for example, Ole Miss, you know, the baseball season comes – Obviously, there's not as much excitement as there is in football, but how would you compare those? If football season's coming up, obviously there's a ton of excitement, but baseball season, I mean, they get to go out there in the outfield. Yeah, and people and, get and, real and, fired up for almost baseball, always. I mean, everybody yeah. gets – just because the atmosphere is swayzy and how much fun people have. I mean, every year people get excited about it. Football, the uh, the Matt Luke here with the NCAA stuff is real, real tough. But right now, I mean, this – this Kiffin thing, I mean, it just reminds me a lot of the same enthusiasm that was there for the early part of the freeze era. Oh, Kiffin, Kiffin, just a dream for Ole Miss Dude, fans. The best, yeah. yeah, it's the best. And uh, there's such a fun brand of football. You know, I, like, it, sports to me, it's all entertainment. Like, Ole Miss went five and five last year. And <laughs> season, I can't remember. In a long time. Yeah, they were having a party. I mean, that, that was that was fun. Hopefully, Vandy can get that back. But um, kind of getting back to what you guys are doing with Barstool, you touched on it a little bit with trying to expand uh, the coverage for, for college baseball. And this is the time of year to do it with SEC tournament coming up in Hoover. You got the regionals and then super regionals at a lot of these SEC atmospheres. And then you get into Omaha where it's really fun. Uh, for a lot of those baseball fans to make the trip. You talked about it earlier. You guys are going to try to go to Omaha and cover it. What are some of your plans? Are you going to try to get to Hoover for the SEC tournament? And, yeah, and what, I don't think I'm going to do – I don't think I'm going to do Hoover anymore because I've got this – I'm actually uh, – I'm hosting this uh, awesome uh, event in New Orleans in early June mm-hmm. at the Barbecue Music Fest that raises millions of dollars for families fighting pediatric brain cancer. And so I'm going right. to do a lot of content with that. So I think I'm going to do that instead of Hoover. I'm doing that instead of Hoover, but I'm still going to go to Omaha. And uh, I'm going to be covering it. 
I'll be sitting here at home flipping around and watching on the ESPN app, just watching all these games, tweeting about it a lot. Yeah, basically what I'm gonna do. So. Hey, that I, I love it. I love it. I know Vady fans like it. SEC fans like it. And Barstool account is uh, pretty active with me too. Yeah, so. and and you know, for you to even get some of these clips, Barstool is 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 you know they usually haven't covered college baseball, but seeing videos from their main account um, has definitely brought a lot. And had, uh, you know, who knows, maybe a, a podcast to get started with. You know, you uh, we had Big T on uh, during football season, and, and you know a lot of your college baseball talks. A lot of people have liked it, so um, you know it's going to be fun. And, and especially in Omaha, um, that that's where SEC fans love to go. Now Arkansas packed it uh, a couple of years ago. Man, that was insane. Uh, the way they yeah, lost. Yeah, I expect uh, to see cool. them there. I expect to see them there this year too, man. They're 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 no joke. Yeah, no joke. Last year, lastly here, Ben. Obviously, it's a pleasure to have you on. But where would you? How would you? How do you stack up the SEC right now? Arkansas's top right now. Vandy uh, is it's Arkansas Vandy, and a lot of people are saying it's everybody else. But how do you stack it? How do you stack it here, heading into with a couple series uh, each for each team, heading into SEC tournament? How do you stack them up right now? Well, I think I mean Arkansas and Vandy are like co one and one. I mean, I, I just I, as long as Lighter comes back healthy, I'm I'm. I mean, I don't think Arkansas separated that much from Vandy. I think Vandy's awesome, too. Uh, so, those are my top two. Mississippi State's really, really good, too. I mean, they're, they're, they are a notch below the Arkansas and Vandy. Is, that's been proven already. Arkansas swept them and then right. Vandy got three. But they're still dang good. I mean, their team, that's, uh, their lineup's really, really hitting the ball. They got a bunch of arms, pitching depth. I mean, they're not, they're not bad. Oh, not bad. They're number three in the country. I don't mean it like that. <laughs> they're not I'm bad. They're, 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 they're the damn good. But uh, Tennessee, I, we're going to find out about Tennessee more this weekend. Right. Um, I'm curious to see how they do against Arkansas. But I, I do think it does drop. I, I do think Arkansas and Vandy are above state Tennessee to me. I'm watching this LSU team. Yeah. I know that they're toward the back. But I've seen this under Paul Maneri where they, they get real hot at the end of the year a lot in the Hoover. Yeah. And I think they might be doing it. They had a really big win over number 14, Louisiana Tech, on Tuesday the other night, too. I think LSU, I don't think they're that bad no. um, at all. They had, I mean, they've got a lot. Those The, the freshmen they've got this year are killer with Trey Jane, Morgan. Jaden Hill. Dylan yeah. Cruz. Yeah, and it did the Hill injury hurt them. But yeah. I'm not counting them. I mean, I'm not saying they're anywhere near the top, but I wouldn't be surprised if they get back into the NCAA tournament. Uh, overall, Ole Miss right now, I mean, it's just – it's tough, man. The Hogland injury. Just, that's that's it, tough. Yeah, it's going to be real hard for Ole Miss to host a regional now. I think Florida has been playing a lot better down the stretch. You know, they've, they've got a huge series at Arkansas next week uh, to close. But, you know, I, I would I would say they're, they're you know, above Ole Miss right now. I like what they're doing. All um, right. But to end it here, Ben, we're going get, to get, get some energy, get your blood flowing here. I know you did the pump-up video before – uh, the bowl game. Well, let's do that for Ole Miss Vandy this weekend. How would you put it into words for fans getting ready for this? I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give the floor to you, Ole Miss Vandy, getting ready this weekend in Oxford. Well, I'll say the first thing I'll say is get out there. This is Doug McKenzie's last ever uh, regular season home start, and with Ole Miss probably not hosting, this is your last chance for him. And he has been phenomenal for three years, and just such a just such a great competitor, the attitude he brings to the mound. Uh, you got uh, to see him against Kumar Rocker on Friday. I don't know how you can get a better matchup than that. I Can't mean, that's just, he, just Friday night electricity at Swayze Field. <laughs> and uh, to me, that's just, I mean, that's an unbelievable, just great pitching matchup for the Casey's last home start. I can't wait. Just talking about it right now, I can't wait to watch it. I mean, that just an unbelievable matchup. Saturday, 
I mean, hell, man, Vandy's one of the top teams, the top two teams in the country. Jack Leiter in there, you get a chance to watch him pitch. And then I love Sundays out there, man. Something about Sunday love afternoon it. college baseball is my favorite. Yeah. The atmosphere, they'll be grilling out in the outfield, having a big time. I mean, I don't know how you can beat Ben Swayze this weekend. I hate I'm not there. You can talk about it. <laughs> we got to get you there, man. We got to. I know. I went for that LSU. Out. I did LSU series, so I did get to make it once this year. And I'll, I mean, I'll, I'm sure I'll be back in August this fall. No, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Ole Miss Vandy coming up this weekend. Six o'clock first pitch Friday night. You got four o'clock Saturday and then Sunday at two o'clock. SEC Network on Friday night. SEC Network on Sunday as well. Ben, it's a pleasure, man, for you to join the show. We'll get definitely get you on towards Omaha, uh, especially if Ole Miss makes it. And maybe we might see you there. So uh, yeah, I'd love to see Vandy fans. I'd love to see Vandy fans out there. I hope y'all make it. Well, that does it for episode 84 of The Door Report. Big thanks to Ben Mintz from Barstool Sports. He covers college baseball. He is on top of the game right now trying to expand the coverage of college baseball. He's doing a great job. Also, big thanks to my co-host, Will Byram. And that does it for episode 84. For myself, Billy Derrick, Will Byram, and Ben Mintz, we are signing off here from episode 84 of The Door Report, powered by Alaco Fine Wood Floors.